This podcast is brought to you by Worldwide Technology and NetApp and produced by GovExec Studio 2G. Using their expert ability to advise and execute, WWT delivers innovative, operationally ready, and cost-effective IT solutions to the public sector that accelerate the interoperability and resiliency of mission-critical systems. To learn more about how WWT can help your agency adopt efficient and effective IT solutions, visit WWT.com. Imagine a world where federal agencies instantly connect and exchange data through a network of interrelated physical devices with sensors, software, and other technologies. That world is now a reality thanks to cloud computing and IoT technologies. IoT devices, like sensors, allow military operations to take advantage of edge computing, environmental agencies to monitor the nation's carbon output, and healthcare professionals to achieve regulatory compliance. But with innovation comes risk. Storing critical information in this environment also invites a multitude of security threats. I'm Camille Tudi, and in this episode, we'll dive into the current state of IoT in the federal sector and explore how agencies are balancing the benefits with the security concerns. And to do that, I'll be talking with Jason Craig, who's the Chief Technology Advisor for Worldwide Technology. He brings over 15 years of experience as an engineer, Director of Product and Sales Engineering, Technology Practice Executive, and Chief Technology Officer. Fun fact about Jason, he holds over 10 global patents in IoT, data collection, and energy management. Welcome, Jason. Hello, how are you doing today, Camille? Oh, I'm great. Thanks so much for being here. As someone with extensive experience in the federal space, what can you tell us about the current state of IoT in this sector and how has it evolved in recent years? Any particular trends or innovations that have emerged? The big thing I've seen is we've passed the early adopters and now in the federal government, we're starting to see agencies really utilize IoT across their enterprise. So understanding how IoT can help their operations, help serve their constituents. We're seeing IoT really take hold of a big part of what our CIOs, CTOs, CDOs are really looking at long-term future as a data collection technology for them to make informed data decisions, which is perfect. So if we look at the biggest benefits of IoT when it comes to data storage and availability, what are those? Well, the biggest thing is IoT generates a lot of data. So as different agencies like the FAA try to collect data on their towers or their tracons, or DODs trying to collect things of what's over the hill or what their drones are doing, the more data you can collect, And the more data you can store, the more things you can utilize that data for informed decisions. And that's what IoT is very good at, is you're putting a small sensor out into the real world and then collecting that data as things are happening around that sensor. Now you're actually getting real-world data that'll help drive your infrastructure and your decision-making better than you could have 10 years ago. And alongside the advantages of IoT, Just like any other technology, it comes with its own challenges. So what are the biggest hurdles associated with implementing IoT in this space? What we're starting to see with our customers in the federal government is they want a return of time. Time is very valuable to the government. That could be 
time where people can do more work associated with their normal task are not doing other things that collecting data, finding data, searching down on different ways of getting information to make those decisions. This is a way to rapidly look at a return of time concept to where they could be doing better things associated with their mission and less the day-to-day grind of finding things to help that mission. Do you have a specific example where that time savings was really something that you discovered within a federal agency that implemented IoT? Absolutely. So one of the ones is robot process automation, so RPA. Data feeds RPA. And so when you look at different government agencies that have to fill in contracts or support what each contractor is doing, being able to process that in an RPA stance and not having an employee do it allows the employee to do, again, much more mission-specific stuff. So we found in different agencies like the DOD, the FAA, other Department of Commerce, that by deploying IoT, you can implement RPA over time. So you can get rid of the day-to-day similar grind and repeated process because you're collecting similar data. So if I'm looking at housing for movement of people moving into housing on a base, I can make that automated. So when the person moves in, I can collect where the truck is moving, where their moving truck is, and all that can be automated. So no one has to go call the truck, find out where it is. So the soldier knows where things are going. So not only is that RPA, but that's also a better customer service because they can get real-time data. And when you look at the soldier, you want to make their experience as best as possible because you want to keep the soldier as long as possible. So we're seeing that's where IoT has a much larger human effect where you're getting information in real time that you can provide back to the customer. So the customer's not having to call or go through the whole phone tree to find somebody. It just makes life easier. And it ties nicely in with a broader movement to shift from low value work to high value work. Exactly. Exactly. And we know with government, the mission requirements are still getting great people as they come out of college, but we're still trying to get more people But as we get less employees in the government, we need more things automated using automation, IoT to feed that automation. So we don't need what we had in the 1980s, 1990s, where we had large governments. We can start to shrink parts of that where this should be done automated. So it's very exciting how IoT can support automation. And storage is a big requirement of that because we're generating a lot of data. And we want to make sure that data is secure, but also easily to get to either do AI, ML, so machine learning, artificial intelligence like RPA, but also just being able to run analytics. And the role of emerging technology like AI and ML, how do you see that play a more significant role in IoT and the implementation of IoT? The big thing is, and I say with like NetApp, you have to feed the beast. The problem is AI and ML take a lot of training data. They take a lot of data associated to make the ML models work. And those can take millions of computer hours, even if you're running in parallel, it takes a lot of data and you have to feed that data. And the faster you feed it, the faster the machine can learn, which means you're spending less time teaching and more time inferencing. So you're taking what you've learned and then using it back out in the field, either by having the device update itself and doing something new as an additional task and make it better or You're taking what is learned from those sensors, the IoT sensors, and then making another device, camera, 
like computer vision, start to look at people, start to look at line length inside postal service buildings. So you can really start to drive what is happening at the edge. And edge is very important to IoT because now I can take what's going on and what the sensors are collecting and go back and loop it back around and start inferencing and making what we've learned valuable, making it speed up lines in the postal service office or speed up IRS wait times on a website or something. It allows us to start collecting that data and speeding around, but you've got to train models at speed. And the only way to do that is you've got to have storage networks that can absolutely feed like NVIDIA GPUs rapidly so we can take those trained models and get them out in the field as fast as possible. We mentioned some of the use cases for how IoT has helped agencies improve operations, and you just talked about emerging technologies role in it all. So as implementation grows, what else can IoT help the federal sector accomplish? I think it's going to accomplish a lot, and again, in areas of getting people to work in the government. When you're competing against an Amazon or a Google, they can offer lots of things. But the one thing they can't offer is the exciting mission that our government can offer. Anything from the civilian side of the agencies like Department of Commerce, FAA, IRS, to the DOD and Intel sides where you're doing missions that are in a classified stance. And IoT feeds those missions. And so we're seeing... Not only is IoT feeding it, but now they're using that data to create autonomy. So robotics, UUVs, so unmanned underwater vehicles, drones. You're seeing a lot of really bleeding edge technology coming out of the government. It used to be the other way around where the enterprise was bringing in technologies. But now because the government is really leading, dealing with our near peer issues like China and Russia, we're bleeding edge on these new entities like autonomy, quantum computing, and IoT can feed those. IoT can feed quantum. That's kind of the holy grail of an end, so an edge to all the way up through cloud up to a quantum and all the way back to an inferencing engine that's being able to support something in near real-time speeds is where this is going to go. And 5G is also a big component of that. One of the failures of IoT was there was no easy and inexpensive way to communicate what we call machine to machine. So an IoT device to a server, the service providers were charging, they were charging the same as you as a cell user. What were some of the drivers in getting those costs lower? Sensors were pretty cheap. I mean, we can build sensors, microcontrollers, all that stuff for a very inexpensive cost. But what we can't do is get the communications. When there were three primary service providers, there really wasn't much drive to lower the costs of using their cellular networks. I mean, we pay more as a consumer using our cell phones than we pay for some little device sending a few megs every second instead of gigs trying to download a game or a video. But now with the FCC looking forward a few years ago and understanding we needed to carve out a set of spectrum for enterprises, government research institutions to use on their own, this has driven down the cost of communications, allowing customers to really start to get IoT data from anywhere they want to deploy them, which has been the missing link that we had a problem with five years ago that's now going away, which is exciting because once I can get the data, then I can start utilizing that data immediately. And going back to this theme of the future, how do you see IoT continuing to evolve and shape this landscape? And how will NetApp and WWT play a role in this evolution? The big thing with IoT is, again, if we commoditize the sensor and we don't worry about the sensor, it's the data that's valuable. When we change the paradigm from the sensor, which IoT at the beginning was everything was about the sensor, 
In reality, nothing should be about the sensor. I mean, it's important. It needs to do what it needs to do for the length of time it needs to run. But it's the data it's collecting. And that data needs to drive the chief data officer of an agency's ML AI footprint. So what they're going to do with machine learning, how they're going to make machine learning valuable, and then how that's going to update different applications like their SAP for buying and purchasing on contracts all the way to fire detection and fire associated with the forest services. What we always work with our customers is what do you want to do with it? Just because someone says, and it's just like 5G and AI a couple of years ago, everybody wanted it, but nobody really knew how to use it. And IoT a few years before that. Now they're starting to understand the combination of all these three can start to support the long-term goal of inferencing and really getting the data to do work that you don't need an employee to be doing. And that's what we're seeing. And where Worldwide really steps in is because of our AI ML background with our team's internally, we can drive those machine learning algorithms, the artificial intelligence, autonomy. So if you want vehicles or drones moving on their own, if you want machine learning for predictive maintenance, you want machine learning for purchase orders. So parts, if parts are in the logistics supply chain and you want to make sure your parts are going to be there just in time to do X, Y, and Z, that's where we can come in. So we can pull data from IoT, we can pull stuff from SAP or other systems that then can present to a customer, here's where you are at this given moment. This could be red, this could be yellow. So this could be an issue. This could be almost an issue, or this could be we're tracking towards the time frames you want. And that's where we really see the value is, again, getting the sensors deployed, getting the network to deploy them is important, but really getting the data at the timing you want that data and then utilizing that data to do a thing, that's where the data becomes valuable. And to us, one of the big ones is the return on time investment, not the ROI. Like if I was talking to an enterprise like a Fortune 50, I'd be talking ROI. But a lot when we talk to the government is return of time. And we think that's, and we've seen that be a very important of getting their employees again to focus more on the mission and less the focus on the grind of finding data that shouldn't be found, it should be given So. You bring up an interesting point because you work with private sector clients as well. So are there any industry best practices that you help your federal customers sort of implement? We do. And we see those across like utilities when we're talking about nuclear power plants, oil and gas. We see things in regards to OT, IT, security, so operational technology, how to secure OT, which, again, is really an IoT sensor. I mean, it's been around before the term IoT ever existed. But being able to secure that stuff, and this is where it goes into and where Worldwide's positioned, because understanding where commercial is dealing with, but understanding where the federal government is also dealing with, we can go bi-directional. So some of the stuff we learned from like NIST, we can take in to our commercial and what we're learning from a commercial CISO security posture, we can also bring in to the federal. So it gives us a purview that a lot of corporations don't have. That allows us to talk in a way that can say, look, it's like we talk about ROI, ROT, but we also talk about cyber and different attack vectors. We can look at those and look at different areas with our customer and say, this is how like a JP Morgan's doing it, or this is how a, an army agency's doing it to JP Morgan. And it gives us just a better way of discussing what the outcome is and then how to support that outcome in a cost-effective, time-effective way. We are almost out of time, but I wanted to get your insight or your best tip for agencies that want to start really tapping into that potential of IoT. What can they do today? Yeah, and I'll give a good example, and that's a great question. 
if you take the idea of smart city, smart city fell because everyone had tried to accomplish too much at once. And this is the same of the machine learning, artificial intelligence journey. We talk with our customers is start small, start at a target, provide an outcome we want to reach. So if I want to reach a smart city where I'm integrating roadways and street lights, and I'm integrating buildings and building energy use and water pumping and all that stuff to work the city smart and it's interacting with the human. That's a great end goal, but let's work with the customer to come up with steps and milestones to get to that end goal that also meet the financial responsibilities and the financial numbers they have with their current budgets. Because what happens is generally if they try to grab too much all at once, it fails. What we'd like to do and what we've learned through years of doing this is let's start small. It could be a $100,000 project, it could be 50,000. We know where the end game is, but we start and we keep building on successes. And we know we can build those successes in small chunks like parking. Parking sounds boring, but in a state government, parking pays a lot. It drives revenue. So parking might be a first one. In FAA, it could be airport. It could be understanding what's called curb to curb, how long it takes for a person to get out of their car, get all the way to the gate, gate to airplane, out of the gate and to their Uber. So all of that can be collected using IoT sensors. And then all of that can be used to create their smart airport. But we want to start in small successful ways of getting towards that outcome, not just starting from the outcome and trying to work backwards. It's tough. Start small. Great advice. Yep. Jason, thank you for sharing your insight and your tips on how federal agencies can tap into that power of IoT while addressing some of its challenges and security concerns. No, thank you. And like I said, NetApp is a great partner with us and we're growing how we take that data in and really utilize that data in a real-time way to show the value of that data to our customers. So thank you again for inviting me. And a big thanks to our listeners of this podcast. This episode is sponsored by Worldwide Technology and NetApp. For more information about how your agency can successfully implement IoT, visit www.t.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Future of Federal Data Strategy podcast series, brought to you by Worldwide Technology and NetApp. To learn more about how WWT can help your agency adopt innovative and efficient IT solutions, visit WWT.com.